Hey guys, this is the Real Life Monopoly Podcast. This is your co-host, Jeffrey Donis, alongside my partners and brothers, Kenneth and Kerwin Donis. We are real estate investors, and the point of our podcast is to help you reach your financial goals, which will allow you to have time to focus on your true passion so that you can live not only a happier, but more fulfilled life. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, today on the show, we'll be having Pili Yodusi out of Nashville, Tennessee, Pilly is a multifamily real estate investor and has her own podcast as well as a coaching group alongside her husband where they help others invest in multifamily real estate. Pilly was an amazing guest and she brought such great energy. We really enjoyed this podcast and we hope that you guys find it helpful. So let's get right to it. Thank you for tuning in with your co-host. This is Jeffrey Donis alongside my brother Kerwin. Today on the show, we'll be having Pilly Yarusi. Uh, Pilly, do you mind introducing yourself to the audience? Hi, everyone. I am a syndicator here in Tennessee and Kentucky, uh, syndicator, owner, operator. Nice to meet you both and so honored to be on your show. Really, really happy to have you today. Uh, do you mind kind of going into your backstory as to how you got started in real estate? Sure. Uh, so we can go to birth or we can go to the moment I decided to start into real estate. Let's go with the second. Because the other one's a long story. So uh, so in 2013, actually 2012, Jason and I got together. We've known each other since 2003. We were in the bar and restaurant industry together. Uh, Jason had a brewery, a restaurant. We managed and bartended in a restaurant together. And then in 2013, when we got together, um, we decided to start a family. So this takes us to 2013. I decided to get my real estate license. So that's how I got into real estate. Jason's family, though, has been in large construction uh, for about 40 to 50 years, depending on when you ask my father-in-law. So what we used to do or what we still do as a family is that we take uh, flood zone homes or any really any home that has foundation issues. We take the house, we lift it up and either uh, construct a new foundation or what we used to do. And we got into the flipping and wholesaling industries is we used to actually take these flood ravaged homes, lift them up, add another story and add a uh, a new garage underneath that. So we were able to enter into these flips at almost market cost because of the value that we could add to these va- to these to these buildings. But the only problem is with that is that it was not scalable. These projects would take anywhere from nine to 12 months to complete. And any flipper knows that that length is just, it's not good. So when we, when we got into real estate, we did all these big projects. When we got into flipping, we did these huge projects and then we scaled, we actually scaled back. Most people scale forward and they start like doing development and luxury homes and all those things. We actually went backwards. We started doing the lipstick on a pig flips, the ones that only needed paint and carpet. And then we got into wholesaling. So we're, we have our construction company. We have our flipping company. I'm also a real estate agent. I was pregnant with my first child, then our second child. And then we got into buy and hold real estate. I was at a RIA meeting, and this is back in 2014 or 15. Um, and a turnkey operator approached me and he was like, I, I do turnkey. Uh, would you be interested? And I was like, uh, you know what? No, if we're going to get into buy and hold real estate, we're not going to do that. It's basically you can invest in a turnkey property, but they take care of everything. You just put your money in it. 
he was like, no, here, I just, here's my website. I want you to look, take a look at some of the deals that I have. We work out of Indiana. And I was like, oh, great. It's out of state also. Absolutely not. He was like, no, Peely, I really just, I think you should look at this. I think you have the mindset for it. I think you can do this. And I, in comparison to my husband, I'm risk adverse. I'm usually not the one that brings the deal to the table. I'm usually not the one to take that big, deep dive. So I look at the numbers and the numbers actually work on these single family homes. So I show them to Jason. We look at them and we're, and of course, Jason has a big thought. He's like, well, if we can do these with single family homes, why can't we do these with like duplexes or tries or quads? So I go back to him and we actually started investing with him. We got two duplexes with him. But the thing is, we didn't do the turnkey process. We actually partnered up with him and said, we'll fund everything, but we want to be there for every step of the way. Because it's not that I didn't trust them, but Jason and I were just so used to like having our hands in everything that that's how we wanted it. We got a nice, we got a nice, like, I guess, cut off the top. They still got paid and we were very, very happy with our returns on that. So a year later, a year passes by and we still have the flipping going on, the wholesaling going on, the, the retail real estate going on and the construction company. So a year goes by and the gentleman, uh, calls us again. He was like, so what do you want to do? Do you want to scale? Do you want to look into buying more properties? And we're just like, I don't know, because although they were cash flowing really good, like at one point, one of the properties were, vac- were vacant for a couple of months. And that's 50% that we're losing out on is 50% of our cash flow. Um, so Jason and I got to thinking, and actually this is Jason. He was like, well, if we can do this, sounds familiar, right? If we can do this with uh like a duplex or a triplex, why can't we do this with a 50 unit, a hundred unit, a 500 unit? And my mind just explodes. I'm just like, absolutely not. No. Yeah, no, I mean, that's so interesting and uh, really inspiring, honestly. And I I would love to kind of um, follow up with that. And you said you started in wholesaling. Um, I'd love to know Mm -hmm. what what about you got into the multifamily? So what attracted you to the multifamily space away from, from the single family space? Or are you guys still even doing that? The whole thing <laughs> so that pulls us deeper into the story. So, so after I tell Jason, no, cause I'm super risk adverse. And plus I was pregnant with our second child and we had all these ball, basically all these balls up in the air. And I fully believe that if you say yes to something that usually means you're saying no to something else. And it's usually something really important, especially when it's a whole different venture. This is a whole different business than anything else that we were doing. So Jason convinces me. So I'm just like, okay, I'm going to hold down the fort here. I'm going to hold down our flipping and wholesaling business. We were extremely, we're doing extremely well there. We had a lot of investors doing this with us and we had a lot of buildings going up. Plus we had the construction company and I had to kind of tapered back already on the retail real estate. So I was like, okay, I'm going to hold down the fort here. I started taking on more of the wholesaling responsibilities and all that stuff. And I told Jason, okay, if you want to get into this, let's start learning. We got a mentor and we kind of took it from that entry point. So I jumped in with Jason. We started learning the terms. We started learning how to talk to investors. We started learning how to underwrite deals, how to really dig deep into them. And like we at some point, so, okay, 
I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. So we took down our first 94 units six months later, um, which was like a lot of just like pounding the pavement, getting this done, partnering up with the right people. And we just found the right property. I'm not saying that somebody else couldn't do this. And I've heard it done a lot, but it was like we had all the right things going for us, if you know what I mean. So we just, we took down this property. We did really well at it. And honestly, it wasn't until we took down that first property that I was just like, wow, this really works. We own a 94 unit. Like it's... For that, for like the first time multifamily investor, I was like, I was on cloud nine because I was just, I realized that this, this wasn't only for those people that you hear about on the TV or you hear about on HGTV or, you know, anyone big in the billions um, that, you know, regular people could do this. So we, now we had the multifamily, we had the flipping, we had the wholesaling, we had the retail real estate, we had a growing family, and the ball started to wobble a bit. So the answer to your question is yes, we did have everything going at once. And it was, it was really hard. It was difficult. Like we, lots of balls got dropped, and balls that we really probably shouldn't have dropped so hard, because our all the businesses started to kind of wobble on its pillars. So we went to we used to be a part of this flipping uh, this flipping mastermind called Seven Figure Flipping, and they actually helped us take our business to the next level, our flipping and wholesaling business. And a lot of our really amazing investors come out of that group. So I presented my difficulty to them. And because you say your wins, you say what you're trying to work on. And the thing I was always trying to work on was our focus because we didn't seem to have any of that. So finally, our mentor at the time, this gentleman, Bill Allen, he was like, Peely, you keep on asking for the same thing every time you come to one of these meetings. What do you need to do? What is it that needs to happen? And this was really hard for me because when I jump into groups, when I create things, I create family around it. I create, I create something that I want to hold and keep like forever. So I knew what needed to happen and we had to let go of the flipping and wholesaling company. And this was like, we were spending $15,000 a month on marketing. We were pounding the pavement. We were making the phone calls. Like we had a machine going on. But I knew, I knew, absolutely knew that multifamily was where our future was. That's where our legacy wealth where it was. That's where we were excited about. Flipping and wholesaling had become a job. Even though it was, it was systematized, we still needed to be in it just because of the way Jason and I are. We can't put down the hammer. Multifamily forced us to put down the hammer because we were in New Jersey at the time and we were, most of our investments were in Kentucky. So we couldn't go down there and fix a toilet or construct anything. We had to build a team. So I hope that answers that question. No, it definitely does. And I think you touched on a lot of good things. So just to give you a background as to where we come from, we also come from a wholesaling mm -hmm. background. Uh, we did some creative financing yeah. in the single family space as well. And it was, like you said, it was something that was very hard to move on from, but we just found that multifamily was so much more exciting. So once we like just jumped right in, it was something that was very easy to let go of. And I saw that you you mentioned that you did join a mentorship 
Um, and I assume that mm-hmm. they obviously helped you get into the space. Do you mind touching on how important it is to find a coach or to find and interrupt with someone that is already in the business and knows? So I tell people that there's, I believe that there's two, maybe three, but really just two ways of getting into the multifamily space. So I'm going to go with the first way before I touch on the mentorship piece. If you have the funds to invest with a syndicator or into large multifamily deal, whether it's with a syndication or a JV deal, I think that's almost one of the best ways to do it, but you have to have the funds. You have to have the capital to do this because if you invest with the right syndicator, their books should be completely open to you. If you have a question, they should answer it. If they want to know how you found the deal, how you're running the deal, how you're asset managing the deal, any question that they come to you with, you should be able to answer and answer with complete honesty. Your communication should be on point. So whenever I get asked this question, I always ask people, So, but what do you want to do? Do you want to passively invest and then get on the active side? Or do you want to spend the money on the mentorship? Because both, both are going to cost money. Um, the second way, and what you said about the mentorship piece, I believe, and that's just because this is how I did it, I believe that's the best way to go about it because now you have a coach that has not only the fiduciary duty towards you because you gave them money, they're also there to hold your hand. They're also there to help you sponsor your first deal. They're there to help you help guide you along the way with any question, because half the time you don't know what questions to ask. You don't know what you don't know. And that's what that mentor is for. So if you go the other route that I said, technically, like if you came in as a as a passive investor into one of my deals. Yes, I would be and take on that mentorship role for you if you needed that. But you are, when you go for a mentor and it's sort of the same, you have to do the same kind of due diligence on both. Because if you go with a syndicator, you're going to do your due diligence, not only on the deal that you're investing in, but in that syndicator. Because I believe that I invest in people. I don't, I, yes, I invest in deals and the numbers absolutely have to work out. But if I look into the syndicator or the sponsor of the deal and I don't agree with them or their tactics or even their social media presence, then I won't invest. I just, I just won't. Same thing with mentorship. You, and this is for everyone out there that's looking for a mentor. You need to do your due diligence on that person. What kind of deals have they done? What do they do in their spare time? Are they the type of person that you want to become? So yes, it's very important on both ends of the spectrum. And I believe those are two ways to get into any sort of real estate. The third one is sweat equity. So, and this... This happens rarely. I've heard that this actually works and we're actually bringing on a couple of people into our team um, based on their sweat equity because they're going to come and help assist us with things. Um, one of our assistants wants to learn more about what we do. She's learning how to underwrite. She's learning how to really dig deep. So yes, we're paying her for the assistant piece, but she's also going to learn as she grows with us. Does that make sense? So that was kind of the third part I was mentioning. 
And I like how you said that there's a third way. Um, I've heard that happening too. That's just like networking and leveraging who you know and mm-hmm. leading with value, even if it's not money, uh, it's your time, which is, I think, the most, one of the most valuable yes. things we have. Um, yes. I mean, you, you and I both know as syndicators and operators and people in this industry, we start to lose time and that we desperately want back. And that's why we need to start leveraging people. So if you can offer your time and services to these people who that's what they need. They want their time back. That's almost more important to me than landing you as a coaching client or providing an opportunity to you to come into one of my deals. If you can give me my time back, oh, you are, you're golden. Golden. Um, and, uh, so you mentioned something that was really interesting earlier that I kind of want to expand on. You said that um, you joined the seven-figure flipping uh, that that group, yes. and you said that they were also your investors in your multifamily group. And I, I think that's mm-hmm. somebody say that they found investors that were already in the real estate space. I've always heard people say, go to doctors and lawyers and people that aren't in the real estate. You want, you want to be the mm-hmm. only real estate expert um, in the space. But that's something that we found that um, the only people, that, you know, the people that we've liked to reach out to were also in our wholesaling background. Um, so could you maybe touch on that and expand on um, maybe what advantages you give them and why it was an attractive opportunity for them? So this is why I love talking with wholesalers and flippers, because you and I both know that's a job. Even as much as you scale it, as much as you leverage people, leverage it and leverage people, you want to be there. You are the best at what you do. So you're going to be there. You're going to be walking the units. You're going to be, you're going to try your best. I, I, you know, there are some people who are completely hands off. I, I don't know how they do it. I don't. (laughs) But the thing is, large multifamily to me is the next step up. So the reason why I said that a lot of our investors have come from our seven-figure group, and actually we just partnered up with some people that we basically grew up with. Like, for instance, Bill Allen that I just mentioned, we just partnered up with him on a deal. Um, Some of our other mentors, actually, I have a really good story. So remember... I said, I joined this group and I told them all about what we did with our 94 unit. Jason and I were super excited. This is our first time speaking to this group. We talked to them about our wholesaling and flipping business and how we needed help there and how we were doing pretty good, but we wanted to scale up. We wanted to, you know, hit the seven figure mark, but that we had done this other thing called multifamily, this new thing called syndication. And this was like 2017 and we're just super amped. So after we were all done, one of our other mentors, this gentleman, Andy McFarland, he's actually, he does like 300 wholesales a year. He's based out of Utah. Amazing, amazing guy, like humblest guy you could ever know. So we finished talking and Andy raises his hand. He's like, so Peely, why didn't I get a phone call? Why didn't you call me? And I was like, oh, Oh my goodness. Like these are high net worth individuals that I am in this mastermind with. It's called seven figure flipping. These were high net individuals, six to seven to eight figures already that I was speaking with on a regular basis. And I did not think, I did not think to provide them the opportunity to invest in my deal. Like they were right in front of me. And I didn't, I didn't even think to go there. 
So from that moment on, I basically went to them first. Anytime there was an inkling of a deal, I would call Andy up or I would text him or I'd email him. And I'd just be like, Andy, how are you doing? Um, how's the family? Or I would say happy birthday or, you know, anything just to touch base with all the people that I know in that group that I think might be interested in investing. And I would actually provide them the opportunity and they would tell me yes, because it just made sense. See, I'm, I don't know doctors except the ones that I go to. I don't know dentists except for the one that I go to. My chiropractor though, Jason and I would tell him every time we would see him what we were doing. Finally, last year, he was like, you know that real estate thing that you do? I actually might have some capital I want to put in your next deal. And we were like, by the way, we have one right now. So it just goes to show, just open your mouth, talk to people and do it with those people that you know. Yes, yes. Okay, I'm not, I'm not going to poo-poo the fact that, yes, you should be going to doctors. Yes, you could, should be going to all those high net individuals. Yes, if you can, join a country club or whatever people, other people tell you. What I am here to tell you is that you should just talk to everyone because you don't know who has money. You don't know who has a 401k that's just sitting there. It's not, it's not, you know, the people who are making a kabillion dollars. You know, the regular person has money that they want to invest as well. So talk to everyone. That's why out of that group, like those are my friends. Those are, that's my family. So of course I'm going to give them the opportunity to invest first. Of course that makes just it's like so much sense so for anybody that's listening that is in a group that's high net individuals or you're just growing up with them you have to think about the this these people that you're growing up with that you're learning with and the people that you're learning from they should be going on your spreadsheet of possible investors in the future whether it's now or three, five years from now, we all know that real estate's the long game. It's a long play. So these are people that you want to form relationships with. You want to have friendships with, and you want to build a base of trust. Because again, it comes back to who do I invest with? I invest with those people that I know, trust, and like. And I invest, I invest in people. The deal, notwithstanding, it has to be good, but if the person's not sound and I don't know them, know them, then I'm not going to feel comfortable about giving my money to them, whether it's a few thousand to a few hundred thousands of dollars. You got to know people and you got to like people. And for that to happen for you, you have to put yourself out there as somebody knowledgeable, somebody that is likable, somebody that you think you would give your money to that as a fiduciary, as somebody that's going to care not only for you, but for your future. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And um, I really, I agree. Uh, like we, we've always heard that a lot, even wholesalers that are really successful, they're making a lot of money, but you're right. It's still a job. And they, a lot of times don't mm-hmm. even know how to invest the money they're making to create long-term wealth, which I've heard big people that are mentors, gurus. Um, they even said like, yeah, I haven't even been in, in building my rental portfolio and they just don't understand how to use the money they're making. And a lot of times they're making a lot of money. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I appreciate you expanding on that. That was awesome. <laughs> of course. It's one of my, it's actually one of my favorite things to talk about. It's, um, just, just talking, 
Just open your mouth and talk to people, whatever you're doing, whether, whether or not you're just, you're not just, whether or not you're wholesaling, whether or not you're flipping, whether, whatever you're doing, you want to let people know what you're doing and you want to come off as, not even come off, you want to be excited. You want to be like in it. Even if you're, even if it is, it, it's turned into a job. What is that job creating for you? It's creating wealth. So say, okay, say you're a flipper and a wholesaler. Say, like for me, it, it had become a job. So what are you going to do with that wealth to put it into something else that has, has you excited? For us, it was large multifamily. So we could take the wealth and the knowledge that we gained from flipping and wholesaling and we could transpose it into large multifamily. A lot of the knowledge went back and forth. Like all the knowledge that we learned here, we got to take to large multifamily, like how to leverage people, how to talk to sellers, how to analyze properties. Now, just for your beginning, <laughs> your beginning uh, multifamily people, all of a sudden analyzing became underwriting. All of a sudden your spreadsheet that was like one page, maybe about this big, became like this huge, like three to seven page document. So it's just, it's really just expanding your knowledge and taking that jump. So yeah, I could, I could talk, I could talk about multifamily mindset all yeah. day. I just have another quick uh, question before we move into our express round. But um, I've always heard too that uh, real estate investors are like that are in other sectors like uh, wholesaling, flip flipping. They're going to want to take on a more active role in the syndication deal. Um, has, I don't know if you've encountered that, and if you have, um, how do you overcome that? Well, it could happen in a couple of ways. So. Honestly, most of the flippers that I have encountered, they're just like, no, just take my money. I have too much to do. I want, I want the cash flow. I want the mailbox money. I don't want to have to do more than underwrite the deal with you and make sure you're a good person and, you know, get the steady communication from you. Okay. So that's usually what I encounter. There are those who want to learn. So again, I tell them, so this is going to happen this way. Yes, you can come in as a passive investor, but that's where your role ends. If you come on the limited partner side, your role ends after you wire the money. And now really what you need to do is keep me accountable. So I will send you monthly, sometimes bi-monthly reports about what I'm doing, how the building's doing. And anytime you want to call, text, email me, I'm available to you. How you're going to learn how to do this is you just ask me, just ask me and I'll tell you how to do it. And then as you learn, and a lot of people have done this, actually, one of my great friends from Seven Figure Philippine, uh, Ariane Lemire, that's how she learned. She invested in it, not only mine, but she invested passively in a ton of different syndications. And now she just took down her first one on the general partner side. So proud of her and just give her flowers right now. So it does happen that way, though. You can learn just by kind of osmosis and being in it because now you're, you're, you have access to all these syndicators that are going to give you knowledge and who do things a little bit differently. So you can come on the active side and then again, find a mentor. That's what we did. We were really good at wholesaling and flipping. We found a mentor there to take our business to the next level. We wanted to get into large multifamily. We learned from the flipping and wholesaling by ourselves and almost mega failing 
that we needed a mentor. So instead of trying to figure it out ourselves, like we did with flipping and wholesaling, we found a mentor and six months later, we took down our first deal. So there's a lot of different ways. And yes, I get it. Like these wholesalers and flippers, we were one of them that we wanted to do it ourselves. then do it yourself but then you're going to have to learn how to do it correctly. And I think, especially the high net individuals, they'll already know that they need to fill their head with knowledge first and then take the leap into it if they're going to do it on their own. Does that make sense? Yeah, it definitely does. Yeah, I really appreciate you touching on that because um, I feel like a lot of people don't always have that type of mindset where they just think they can do it by themselves. But um, like you said, with wholesaling and single families, it's something that you probably can find on YouTube and you can self-educate. But once it gets into the commercial space, it's something that you really want to find someone that knows what they're doing and has experience. So that way, if you mess up in like a single family, you might not you know, be completely devastated and your business might not completely fail. But if, that, if that happens in the commercial space, you're not only ruining your track record and your reputation, but you might also be ruining your chances of ever getting back into real estate at all. You know, So I definitely yeah. appreciate that. And um to kind of go into our express round, it's just pretty much us asking you five simple questions and you can tailor it towards business or personal, um, but it's nothing crazy. So uh, whenever you're ready. I'm ready. Let's do it. Awesome. So what is the biggest mistake you've ever made in real estate? Ooh, biggest mistake in, uh, it's probably not getting a mentor from the get go. Like really the biggest mistake we made was not knowing that we shouldn't do the big flip because that. Our first, our very first flip was exactly what we told you, what I told you. We took a house, lifted it up, put another level under it, and then put a garage. So my father-in-law and my husband know exactly what to do construction-wise, but we didn't realize the time that it would take, the more money that it would cost. We didn't, we lost money, but we still, how do I explain this? We still made money on the deal but we should have made more. We just didn't know that we needed the systems in place. We shouldn't have done that as our first flip. We should have done the lipstick on a pig, but we wanted to go big. So we went big and we almost lost big. And we didn't learn our lesson until maybe a year in where we actually got into house flipping formula and seven figure flipping. So my biggest mistake is not thinking mentorship first. Yeah, that's something that we also, luckily we, we didn't invest in our education before we did our wholesaling, but we got our first deal and then we did. So luckily we caught on early. <laughs> can I, can I actually, can I actually give you a caveat with that though? Don't pay for mentorship until you get that first deal done. Gotcha. So uh, number two, what is your favorite book? Uh, that could be one personal and one business. Ooh, my favorite books. Ooh, I know. My favorite books right now, and I have it right behind me, is this book right here. It's called The Only Woman in the Room. A bunch of my friends are in this book, and I'm actually going to be collabing with uh, with some of the some of the women in this book on uh, some future some future uh, awesome stuff. And I that I can't just realize I can't talk about it, but. This book, The Only Woman in the Room, is fantastic. And um, this can be personal and business. That's awesome. So third question, what is the best piece of advice that you've ever received or your favorite quote? Oh, P- best piece of advice that I've ever received. 
So my, my best piece of advice, and this is what, this is what I've learned over the years is to lead with aloha, which just means lead with kindness, lead with love, lead with all the good stuff. If, if I walk into a room, whether it is on Facebook, whether it is clubhouse, whether it is into an actual room, I want to lead lead with all the energy that I have. I want to lead with all the goodness that I can bring because I want to bring value first because I believe bringing the value first, bringing the love first, bringing the aloha first, in turn, it'll all come back to me in spades. If I can't enter a room with that, then I really shouldn't be entering that room. So my fourth question, do you have a daily habit that you would accredit some or all of your success to? So I wake up pretty early every morning. Uh, I used to wake up at 4.30. I've actually tapered that down to 5. Um, but be- between the hours of 5 and 6, I basically follow the same routine every day. I wake up. I have my morning coffee. I meditate. I sit down and read. I exercise for a half an hour at least. and then And then I get on with my day. It's not until I can take care of those things that I feel complete. And if I don't do all of those things, I try and get to them a little later because my day doesn't feel right until I fill my mind first, until I fill my energy, my bucket, my cup first. And those are the ways I fill up, fill up my cup. Going on to the fifth question, what is the best way for our audience to reach out to you if they want to get in touch with you? The best way is just go to my website, www.yarusiholdings.com. All the links for all the socials are there. You pick one. You can find me there. You can find me at Clubhouse, Facebook, Instagram, all those places. But the best place is just go to my website. Again, www.yarusiholdings, Y-A-R-U-S-I, holdings.com. We really do appreciate your time, Peely. I look forward to staying in touch. I hope we can do this again sometime. Um, and I hope you have a Thank you so weekend. much. You gave so much value, and I really appreciate your time. Yeah, we really You're appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Real Life Monopoly podcast with the Donis Brothers. If you want to learn more about what we do, make sure to visit our website, www.donisinvestmentgroup.com. And if you aren't already, make sure to follow us on all platforms at Donis Brothers. Let's be great today. Have a good one.